Welcome to the Church of the Living God, Living God Cast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. This is week two of Gifts and the Giver. Um, just a quick recap of what we went over last week. Last week, um, we are setting the foundation for the spiritual gifts. We are not going to get into the gifts again today. Um, and there's a reason for that. We, the, the church as a whole, um, in the past, has made a mistake in being very anxious about jumping into the gifts of the Spirit because they're wonderful and they're miraculous and they're supernatural and they're incredible and they're powerful and they do some awesome things. But they've been uninformed about the functionality, excuse me, and the purpose of the gifts. And because of their understanding and their lack of foundation in the gifts, it has it has destroyed many people and many churches. And we are not going to be a church that operates in ignorance. Because Paul begins his instruction to the church at Corinth that I would not have you to be ignorant. So I don't think God would be upset with us spending half of our time understanding why he gave us the gifts and the purpose and the functionality of the gifts. So if it's okay with you, we're going to spend one more week looking at why and the purpose of the gifts. And then we'll spend two weeks looking at the gifts. And they're awesome. And they're incredible. And thank God for them. Because they're for building us up. But we need, to know, we need to know how they operate. Because otherwise they'll destroy us. Because the enemy will always use what God intended as a gift to destroy you. The enemy, the enemy does not have creative power. What he does have is deceptive power. That means the enemy will take what God intended as a gift. And he will try to create a deception with it. So he will take what God intended as a gift and he will try to turn it and use it to destroy you. So we want to make sure that if we're flowing in what God has given us, we're doing it in the way that God has intended to us to flow in it. So just a quick recap of last week and then we'll, we'll dive into this week. Paul says in the, the very first verse, I would not have you to be ignorant. If we're going to flow and operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we have an obligation to ourselves, to our body of believers, to our family, to God and to the Holy Spirit to understand why He gave us the gifts and how they operate. You have to understand that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. But He has given us an obligation to go searching and to go, to go asking and to go finding out why and how they operate. In verses 4 through 6, and I just picked out a couple of verses now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. It is all sourced in God. The source of the gifts is all sourced in the giver. The, the purpose of the gifts, the purpose of the gifts is to edify the body, but the source of the gifts is all God. The, the source of the gifts is all found in God. Paul says that it's, it's the same Spirit, the same Lord, and the same God. Another way, another way he's saying it's all source in God, the Trinity. Our source is God. 
So, so anytime the gifts are pointing to anything outside of God, anytime the gifts are pointing to anything other than God, it's not operating the way that God intended it. The gifts, whether they're operating in this house, they're operating uh, on, on, in another house, they're operating out in Walmart or on a street corner somewhere, the gifts should always edify God, edify people and point to Jesus. That's the purpose of the gifts. The Holy Spirit came, Jesus said, he will testify of me. That's his purpose. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit's purpose is to testify of Jesus. So if the Holy Spirit isn't testifying of Jesus, it's not the Holy Spirit. Because he's the spirit of truth. He doesn't lie. So the purpose of the gifts is to point to God. So that's just that. And then the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The manifestation of the Spirit is never for me. Remember that the Holy Spirit is in me for me, but He is on me for you. The manifestation of the Spirit is for the building up of the body. The gifts of the Spirit never come on me for me. If I get a word of knowledge and the very first thing I think is, oh wow, I'm so awesome, there's something wrong. There's a disconnect there. If in my prophecy I think, wow, I'm really super dialed into God right now, there's something messed up there i got to find a corner and get with God and reconnect some stuff. The purpose of the gifts is always to build up the body. It should, never to be built, it should never be to build up the person operating in the gift. And then one more, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I've shown you a more excellent way. Best gifts here, this is uh, King James language that we're using for this class. This messes some people up. Best gifts here. Paul is not saying that there's a hierarchy of gifts. Paul is not saying that, that word of knowledge and word of wisdom are the best and that faith is the worst or that there, there is some order in which God has said there are best and worst. What Paul is saying here is that this word for best is more useful, more serviceable, or more advantageous. In other words, there are situations in where a gift is best. There are circumstances in which a gift is best. There are bodies in which a gift is best or needed. Um, a body may be lacking a particular part. And in that circumstance, God's given us the ability to petition him for that gift. And in that situation, that gift would be best for that situation because it's needed. So it would be most advantageous. But that trips a lot of people up because we see best gifts and we think, oh, well, maybe my gift isn't the best gift. Maybe I'm operating with one of the lesser gifts. No, that's not how God thinks about it. All the gifts are from the Holy Spirit. They're all from the Holy Spirit. But there are some, in some situations, they're more applicable. And that's what he's saying here. And so the way Paul ends 1 Corinthians 12 is he says, And yet I show unto you a more excellent way. There is a less excellent way to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you have been in church for, if you've been in many churches at all, if you've only spent your, how many of you have only spent your Christian life in this church? None of you. Awesome. So you get this. If you've spent very long in Christianity at all, you know there is a less excellent way to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There is a way less, there are levels of excellency to operate in gifts of the Holy Spirit. Levels of excellency. There, there are some that, that, that are way down here that, that are in the basement, and there are others that are like, okay, that could have been better. And then there are others that you think, wow, that was, that was the way God intended that gift to be used. 
That was the way God intended that gift to flow. And we pray, our heart is that here at Church of the Living God, when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are flowing, that people look and say, that's not, that's not Apostle Hall, that's not Pastor Matt or Pastor Mike or whomever. That is Jesus, by His Holy Spirit, flowing through that person, operating the way that He intended to operate to edify His body. We want to operate in excellency around here. And so as His people, and as the people of this house, we ought to know how to operate in excellency. So 1 Corinthians 13 is the chapter that tells us how to operate in excellency. If you're married, this is the chapter you probably, that you probably use part of this in your wedding. But this is about spiritual gifts. That's fine if you used it in your wedding. I think we did too, didn't we? Yeah, we used it too. But he's talking about spiritual gifts. That's fine. That's all right. You can have gifts of the Holy Spirit the way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. Charity is love in the King James, just to confuse everybody this morning. I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Sounding here is to make a loud noise, to reverberate. It speaks of the roar of the ocean. Think of the, the when we go to the ocean, we like to, um, Matt, Matt and Heather like to go on vacation, and they're like adventurers, right? Pastor Matt and, and Heather, they go on vacation, they're like climbing mountains. We go on vacation, and we carry chairs to the beach, and then we, we park, and then we will... We will spend hours, hours debating where we're eating. Um, and then from there, we will spend more time debating whether it's worth the walk out of the umbrella to the water and then back to the umbrella and then to the, to the room to go to the eating place that we spent hours debating. So when we're at the, when we're at the beach, there, there is a dull roar that happens from the sound of the water. The ocean is gorgeous. But over time, the sound of that water becomes dull. When you first get there, you think, wow, that is powerful. And that is impactful. And that is amazing. But you listen to it for four or five or ten minutes. You listen to it for an hour or two hours or three hours. You become numb to it. And all of a sudden, you sit there for a couple of hours and you forget it's there. Paul says that if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and I have not love, I become like the roar of the ocean. I can become, I, I can have a mighty rushing sound that comes billowing in like waves, and yet because I have not love, it can fall on deaf ears because it becomes dull to the hearers. Because the love is what is the, it is the pinpoint. Love is the, is the tip of the arrow on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of God are without repentance. The Bible tells us clearly that the gifts of God are without repentance. Men have the ability, gifted by God, to flow in their gifts outside of the Love of God, but love is the tip of the arrow that pierces the hardness of men's heart. 
And it takes that dull roar of the ocean and it penetrates into that, into that delicate place of men's heart and women's heart. And it, and it touches them where they're needed to be touched. And the Holy Spirit's able to minister to them through that. And all of a sudden, it's not just a word of prophecy or a word of knowledge or wisdom. It's, it's, a, it's a ministering moment. And the Holy Spirit begins to touch them and minister to them and touch and, and, and talk to them about things that they never knew anyone should ever know. And it's because He's touching their heart. Because the love of God is manifest through someone else. But if we don't have love, it falls on deaf ears. Because we can stand up and time and time and time again have word after word after word after word. And at first, at first people will go, wow, what word? Wow, what word? But after time, the word becomes dull. And people will forget how awesome the word is because there is no love propelling the word. It is the love that gives power to the word. It is the love that gives power to the gift. As sounding brass or tinkling cymbal, or tinkling here is, is to repeat frequently, to wail, to lament, to ring loud, clang, and the symbol here is a, is a hollow basin. It's so interesting. I, I think the language, when you get to study the language of the Bible, the, the, the way God puts together His Scripture is so particular. It's a hollow basin that God uses to describe this. You can make noise on the surface and be hollow inside for people. You can stand up and have word for people. You can stand up and read people's mail and call out their junk if you want to and tell them about all the sin in their life if you want to. And if you choose to do that, your gift may allow you to do that. But you will be hollow inside of the love of God. And it will never serve the purpose that God intended. Because the purpose of the gift is always to build up the body of Christ. It is always to build up the body of Christ. And when we forget that our purpose is to build up those around us, when we lose sight of the kingdom mentality, which is that this thing is not about me, but it is about everyone else around me. Because if I'm taking care of the people around me and the people beside me are taking care of the people around them, then I'm getting taken care of. When we lose sight of that, we become hollow on the inside. And our, our, our gifting... Our gifting becomes as noise, and it becomes surface. Verse 2, he says, And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries, and all knowledge, and though I have faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not love, I am nothing. The word for mysteries here is the, the hidden things, the secret mystery of God. Paul said, I can understand. Now remember, Paul, this is a man who, when Paul says, if I understand all mysteries, remember the context. Paul, Paul is not flippantly saying, if I understand all mysteries. This is the same man who says, I was, called, I was caught up to the third heaven. I saw some stuff that was so crazy, I can't even write to you guys about it. Okay, This is that same apostle Paul. Now he would write that in 2 Corinthians. But this is the same apostle who was knocked off a horse on the way to Damascus, and saw a light so bright that before he knew the Lord, he said, who are you, Lord? Uh, this is a guy who knows something about mysteries. He said, I can understand all mysteries, all mysteries, and if I don't have love, it makes me nothing. Nothing. 
It equates me to nothing. To nothing. That is such powerful language. Paul said, I can understand all of the mysteries of God, all of the hidden mysteries of Scripture. Paul is uncovering as an apostle to the Gentiles some of the most hidden mysteries of God from the foundation of the world that he would craft in the Gentiles to the vine that is the Israelites, that is the family of Abraham, that from the seed of Christ we would be grafted in. Paul is uncovering some deep mysteries. Paul's not talking about surface level stuff. And Paul said, all of those mysteries that I've uncovered and all of those that I know are yet to come, all of those equate to nothing if I don't operate and flow in love. If my source is not love, I'm nothing. Because love is what propels me. Why? Because God is love. And if I'm not connected to His love, And if I'm not showing his love to other people, then I'm not truly connected to him. The Apostle John would say it like this in his epistle. I'm paraphrasing. He would say, how can you love God who you haven't seen and hate your brother who you do see? How can you not love those people who you look at and and say you love a God who you've never seen? Love is the motor that moves us. Especially when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because they have the potential to put us on a pedestal if we're not careful. And love is the mechanism that keeps us humble. It is the mechanism that reminds us it's not about me. But it's about serving the king and his dominion. His kingdom. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to the Feed the, all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. That means I'm of no use and of no effect. Verse 4 through 7, here's the marriage verse, is verses, Love suffereth long and is kind, it envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh not evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. These are the characteristics of love, but they should also be the characteristics of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A good friend of mine would tell me that when thinking of prophecy, he would say, if you cannot replace love with prophecy in those verses, then the prophecy has gone astray. If prophecy doesn't endure all things, bear all things, hope all things, then prophecy isn't prophecy. I would say the same thing for all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit should carry the characteristics of love because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are based in love. They are born out of love. God gave the gifts of the Holy Spirit out of love. He didn't give the gifts of the Holy Spirit out of compulsion. He gave them out of compassion. He didn't give them because he had to. He gave them because he wanted to, because he's a giver. So if they were born out of love, then they ought to operate out of love. Because anything that operates outside of the way it was created will be destroyed. If they were born out of love, they got to operate in love. So when we're operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when we're moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we have to remember that they have to suffer long. They have to be kind. They can't be envious. 
They can't vaunt themselves. They can't be puffed up. They can't behave unseemly. We have a problem with that sometimes in the church. They can't behave unseemly. The gifts of the Holy Spirit have to, have to be uh, under our control. 1 Corinthians, I believe, 14 says, The spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet. The spirit of a prophet is subject to a prophet. In other words, there have been times... I didn't mean to go here. There have been times in the past that... Um, <laughs> Jesus. There have been times in the past that um, there have been folks that have said, Well, the Holy Spirit got moved and I just couldn't help it. No, that's not what the Bible says. Spirit of prophet is subject to a prophet. Y'all don't get mad at me. It's in the Bible. I promise. Spirit of prophet is subject to a prophet. That's what it says. It does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily, easily provoked. It doesn't think evil. It doesn't think evil. It rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The gifts of the Holy Spirit ought to operate the way that love operates because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are love manifest. They are love manifest through His Holy Spirit. Verse 8, it never, love never fails. When we walk in the lens of love, we never fail stepping out in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are, there are, there are, there's a tendency to be really timid when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit because they can be scary and intimidating and, and all those things are true and we don't want to hurt people and we don't want to destroy people and all those things are great attitudes to have. But if you approach the gifts of the Holy Spirit through a lens of love and if, every, and, and if we approach the gifts of the Holy Spirit through verses 4 through 8 and we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we say, okay, I want if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna operate in a gift of the Holy Spirit, then I want to make sure it stands up to the characteristics of love. Then it will not fail because love never fails. Love never fails. Sean Bowles is a is a um, a really a really famous um, prophetic person, and um, and he likes to say that when he first started stepping out and and trying to give prophecies, that that he would that he would go to give somebody a prophecy and they would say, oh, no, I'm sorry, that's not it. And he would feel really broken. Um, and he would feel the Holy Spirit say to him, love never fails. But he was reaching out in love, attempting. Now, I'm not saying go out and make up words for people and start prophesying false stuff over people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when we as a people are humble, God said that a humble and contrite spirit is the one that he looks for and those who tremble at His Word. If you're approaching the gifts of the Holy Spirit through a humble and contrite spirit, and you're trembling at His Word, thinking, God, I don't want to mess this up, because I want to make sure that if I'm operating in something that You've given me, I want to do it exactly the way that You've told me to do it. I don't want to, be, I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to mess people up. I don't want to break anybody. I don't want to give anybody any false stuff. I want to do it exactly the way You've told me to do it. Then God honors that. Now, there is a path for growth. Don't start going out and prophesying weird stuff over people or massive stuff over people. Don't start promising people dates and, and, and jobs and that kind of stuff because that's how you hurt people. There's a process for growth. And if you, if you feel called to that, talk to your leaders. Talk to, talk to the apostle. Talk to Pastor 
Mike to Pastor Matt. Talk to your leaders. There's a process for growth in that. But approach the gifts of the Spirit humbly through the lens of love because love never fails. And God honors those who approach it humbly through the lens of love. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether they'll be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Um, I felt like I had to put this in here. This is... Um, <laughs> this is um, these are the verses that some folks will use to say that the gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased to exist or they've, they've ceased to um, be in operation in the church um, and that they've died out in the apostolic age. And, well, we have an apostle in the house, so we don't, first of all, we don't believe that the apostolic age ever stopped. Um, we don't believe that the apostles ever stopped existing. Um, but, but secondly, it, the Bible says when that which is perfect has come, and the argument from many is when that which is perfect has come being the scriptures. Um, we believe when that which is perfect has come is Jesus. When Jesus comes, when his kingdom is established on the earth, when he comes to take his bride, then that which is perfect has come. Then prophecies will cease, tongues will cease. Those things will cease because those will no longer be needed. When that which is perfect has come, when Jesus has come, that which is perfect will be here. Um, but I included that just because... It would be weird to skip over in the middle of chapter 13 and to just ignore it. But that's, that's just, I don't want to get into that too much. But we believe in the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit here. We believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow here. If you've been here very long, you've seen them work here. If you've stood around very long, you have seen miracles. And, and you've heard the testimony of people that have been touched by gifts of healing. And you've seen prophecy. And you've, you've watched God move here. We believe that God still works and moves through His people. Because that's how He, move, that's how he touches His people. So we believe that He is still moving in and through His people. Verse 11 through 13, Paul says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity or love. Love is the most important principle when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Love is the most important principle when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If we do not operate in love, we have missed the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Love is what God is doing when he manifests himself through the gifts of his Holy Spirit. The nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, the nine main manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are different expressions of his love. They are different ways for him to express his love. Healing is a way that God expresses how much he loves somebody. That doesn't mean that he doesn't love somebody, that he doesn't heal. That just it, Healing is just a manifestation of his love. When God prophesies to someone, it is an expression of his love. When God, when God gives a word to the church, it is an expression of his love. Love is the, is the motor of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I included Galatians 5, 22 and 23 in here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. 
If we're going to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we ought to operate in the fruit of the Holy Spirit too. If we're going to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we ought to be people that have fruit of the Holy Spirit too. There really is no sense. <laughs> there really is no sense prophesying over somebody if you don't have peace or joy. If you're going to be hateful, don't prophesy over people. If you're going to be mean, don't prophesy over people. If you're going to be, if you're, if you're not going to be patient, don't don't give people words and don't lay hands on people because because the the fruit of the Holy Spirit has a natural tendency to spur on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It can't help it because the fruit of the Holy Spirit is born out of love. Love is the motor that produces the rest of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and so in that love comes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But let's be a people. Let's be a people that operate in this in this stuff the right way. Like I said, it, this these first two weeks they aren't the most exciting stuff. They aren't. They aren't the most exciting stuff. This is like the uh, the first day of college, the first couple of days of class where you go over like the syllabi and you got to go over like the rules and like the guardrails. But this is important stuff. There have been churches that have absolutely been wrecked by gifts of the Holy Spirit because some person or people or whomever stood up and decided I'm rightfully gifted but did not have a clue how God intended that gift to be used and did not submit to leadership helping them steward that gift. Listen, God God gifted us not just the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation gifts. He gifted the fivefold and the purpose of the fivefold is for the equipping of the saints until we reach the full measure of the stature of Christ. So the purpose of the fivefold is to help us grow and to mature and to bring this stuff out of us and to, and to help us grow. And so, so we have to make sure we get this stuff right because people's lives are on the line. Real people. If we stand up, and I, I keep going back to prophecy because prophecy seems to be the one that gets messed up so often. Because it's the one that people are fascinated with. And it's the one that people can mess up really, really bad. Really bad. If you stand up and point your finger in somebody's face and says, this says the Lord, and it's not the Lord, you can jack somebody up. You can really mess somebody up. And then you got to deal with him. And he's gracious and merciful and forgiving, but you got to talk to him about it. And you got to explain. But you can really hurt some people. You can really hurt some people. And that stuff takes often, not days or weeks or months, that stuff takes decades to get over. There are people in church today that were hurt 20 and 30 and 40 years ago that said, God lied to me. Because when you say, this says the Lord, it wasn't Brandon Thomas that said it. It was the Lord. The Lord lied to me 40 years ago. He told me something was going to happen and it never came to pass. And we chalk it up as, well, you didn't receive the word. Or, or, or. So let's make sure we get this stuff right, church. If we're going to be a church that operates in the gifts of the Spirit, this is what Paul is saying to the Corinth church. Paul's not saying to the church at Corinth, leave that stuff alone. It's too dangerous for you. He didn't stick a big, uh, what are the big red stickers on it that says warning, dangerous, explosive. No. Paul said, that's awesome. That's those are, those are awesome gifts that God has given you. But know how to use it. Know how to operate in them. 
Know that you are but a vessel and that your purpose is just to submit and to be a conduit, to be a conduit. And if you ever get to a place where you think, I'm doing great, then go back and figure out where that started and start from there, right? Let's make sure we get it right. We'll get into the gifts next week, and they're awesome. They're awesome, and I love talking about them. Because God does incredible stuff through them. And there are incredible examples in the Bible and in the life of Jesus where he, where he exemplified how they operate and how miraculous they are and the things that they can do. But if we don't use them right, if we don't use them right, we'll destroy ourselves. The devil won't have to destroy us. We'll destroy ourselves with what God gave us to edify us, right? Thank you for listening today to Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you'd like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.